This is episode 37 with me, Hope, on Unpacked. Hello everyone, my name is Hope and I am the host of the Bold and Brave podcast. Welcome to my show. In this podcast, I'm bearing all of it. I'm finally letting go and I am finally letting the world in to my heart. And that's hard. I have kept the deepest, the realest, the rawest parts of myself hidden behind closed doors since I was a little girl, and I've only ever shown the world what I thought was expected of me. It was easier to be safe. It was easier to keep my mouth closed. It was easier not to ask questions. It was easier not to stir the pot or rock the boat. I didn't have anything to back up what my heart was trying to tell me. I didn't know if anyone would believe me or judge me pick on me, criticize me, call me different. That little voice that has all of the answers has finally had enough and it is banging on my heart and it's brighter than the sun. And I'm vulnerable and I'm honest and I'm full of love and I'm sharing my most challenging and life-altering experiences on this show. I'm being bold, I'm being brave and I'm finally exposing the real authentic self. I am finally exposing who hope is. I really hope that you enjoy the show. Pun not intended, but hey, enjoy that one as well. (laughs) I hope that you get everything you need from this show. I want you to know how loving you are, how lovable you are, and how loved you are. I also want you to know that you are enough. Everything you do is enough. Everything that you are And everything that you will become is and will forever be enough. Hi, everybody. My name is Hope Devaney and this is the Bold and Brave podcast. Welcome to the show. This week for the very first time, I am bringing Unpacked and my uh, my Bold and Brave podcast to IGTV. And I'm not going to lie, I am very nervous about this. (laughs) I've also... um, just to be completely transparent and to show up from the very beginning, I noticed myself wanting to shame myself before I jumped on to record this. Um, I had feelings of a thoughts, I should say, rather of will I embarrass myself? How much structure do I have? The masculine. Um, am I able to go with the flow? Am I able to trust? Am I able to just start pressing record and, and see what happens? So thank you for being here with me today and allowing me to share this space with you and to try something different. I am nervous. I can feel my body temperature rising. My hands are sweaty. My heart is racing. I can feel my anxious self wanting to and my ego wanting to tell me to turn this off, not to try to shut it down. Um, but I'm going to brave myself through it and I'm going to share this with you because this is all part of doing the work and I'm practicing authenticity and I am practicing staying calm and I am also practicing and learning new ways of coping with my learnt behaviour that I have been living through since I was a child. So, um, Here's to me diving into my feminine energy, going with the flow, not pushing, not trying too hard. It does make me feel quite emotional because this is really new for me and I'm quite overwhelmed, but also really proud of myself at the same time. So let's begin. 
A couple of things that have come up for me on Unpacked over the last couple of weeks. Firstly, I'd really love to um, just mention a couple of women who I have been working through, working with via their IGTVs and one by reading parts of their book and then listening to a podcast. Um, Stevie Wright, self-love coach and breathwork coach, who I'm sure you uh, are familiar with. I had her recently on my podcast. If you haven't, please jump over and check it out. It's a fantastic podcast episode and I'm still buzzing from it. I have been doing Stevie's breathwork and meditation practices every morning, which have helped me get into this space of allowing my feminine to really come through now. And, and while I'm practicing authenticity, it's really starting to fill me up in a really different way. So Stevie Wright, thank you for um, putting yourself on the platform and sharing your knowledge and your experiences with the world because it has helped me tremendously and I look forward to waking up in the morning and breathing with you and meditating and, you know, all of these wonderful juicy things that help me get into a space where I have the courage and the power and the strength to show up and share my experiences with the world. Um, I was also... I became, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, discovered. Uh, thank you. Dr. Sam Radar through Stevie Wright. Um, and she talks, she's got a lot of different episodes, which I'm still yet to discover, but I uh, listened to her, my, my intuition today. And that told me to, to jump on and check out one of her IGTVs. And the first one that I, I jumped onto was having this interaction, speaking, um, being on conferences, you know, through COVID, everything's become through video and um, being able to or having to look at yourself and being okay with using your voice and and doing exactly things like this. And Dr. Sam Radar talks a lot about feeling that embarrassment, feeling that shame and that guilt. Um, but she shares with us that it's safe to share because the more we do it, the more we see it and the more that we understand and recognize that there's no such thing as perfect and imperfections and, you know, understanding that we are imperfectly perfect is magical on its own and it's what I need to tell myself more that I don't have to have everything worked out. I don't have to have the same approach as other podcasters. I don't have to have the same layouts. I don't have to have the same vision. I don't have to have the same anything. I just have to show up and show up as hope. So that's what I'm trying today for um, for my my practice today. And this is, this is something that obviously I'm, I can hear in my mind as I'm recording this, you know, the ego is like, oh gosh, just stop, stop now, stop, just stop. Right. And I, and, and I hear that voice, but I'm learning, I'm learning how to apply new tools. I'm learning how to, to understand that I choose, the ego doesn't choose, I choose, I choose my higher self and I choose my higher power. And that there's no way in with the ego. Like once you get into the higher self and you operate from that space, the ego has no leg to stand on. And it's a daily practice. It's a, 
it's a, it's an hourly practice. It's a seconds practice. It, it, you know, the ego tries to come in. It's like a survival mode. I lived in survival mode for most of my life. And that's a story that I'd really love to share with you today because, um, I, you know, and, and to tie that in with Brene Brown, who was another, another woman who I admire deeply. And I'll tell you why. If you, any of you who aren't familiar with Brene Brown or her work, one thing that is so captivating to me is that Brene Brown has extensive knowledge. She's done, she's a researcher and she researches shame and you know, any anything that's to do with the mind um, and how we how we believe things, you know, perceptions, thoughts, um, everything. She researches it and studies it for years. But she's not afraid to admit or to show up and say, yeah, I'm a huge overfunctioner. Yeah, I don't like to listen. Yeah, I hurt and I get hurt. You know, she has all this knowledge in all this experience. But what she rem- reminds us of is that we're human beings. We're all human. And regardless of the knowledge and the practices that we have, showing up and, you know, and, and, and saying to the rest of the world, yes, I still have these ways of doing things. Yes, this was my behavior once upon a time. It inspires me because I get very overwhelmed in and, and caught up in the outcome and, and seeing people as they are now and not recognizing where they've come from, their journey, their experience, their growth. And that is the biggest thing for me because I get very disheartened when I can't see the way or I can't see how to do things and when I just see the the outcome of people's lives and where they are now when I do this and this and this and this which is wonderful but my question is always where were you before this what happened before you had these realizations what did you used to do or how did you used to handle situations before this knowledge came into your world so things like that and she really helps to put things into perspective so I will share some of her work with you today that I have written down. Um, Brené Brown also has a podcast called Unlocking Us, and I highly recommend it. It's a, it's, it's a very knowledgeable show, and Brené Brown also shares her experiences throughout her life too, which is really insightful and really powerful. So a little story that I'd like to share with you about the reason why these three women have had such an impact on my life over the past couple of weeks is because through doing all this work that I'm now doing on myself, I'm understanding that, you know, I came off, finish your thought, I'm understanding that I have a lot of defense mechanisms. I have minimal coping mechanisms mechanisms, and I also had three, three tools that I once used, which was rage running away and hiding well running away and hiding right because when I was a child I lived in survival mode so 
When I was at the age of seven, I moved to live with my dad. And before I begin this story, it's really important that I put out there that the relationship that I have with my dad now is amazing. And um, it's not to take anything away or um, cover anything up. My dad is fully aware of his behavior. And the one thing that I will say about my father is that he did the work. He did something about his behavior. He did, he recognized, you know, his father's behavior. He recognized his mother's behavior and it was a long gradual process. But my dad is now finally in a space and a place in his life where he is the father that I always dreamed of having. And not a lot of people get to say that. So that's something that I'm remarkably grateful for. And it's the same with the relationship with my mother, um, which, you know, I'm just purely discussing my father today, but I am so grateful for the for the relationship that I have with both of my parents. And that's really important that I put that out there because even though I share these stories of my childhood and, you know, they were quite quite traumatic for me, it doesn't mean to say that my, my mother and father are bad people because they're not. Did they do the best with what they had? Absolutely. Did they fuck up? Yeah, big time. <laughs> but who hasn't and who doesn't? And I don't hold grudges. I don't have any any hatred towards my parents. But I think the biggest thing is that I'm also learning too, you know, in my own life that I have taken on a lot of those behaviors that were handed down to me. I lived in survival mode for a very long time and it's something that I'm just starting to come out of now. And it's helped me gain another perspective of how, you know, I'm doing this work with just myself. I don't have a child. I don't have children that I'm putting through school or, um, you know, I don't have multiple things going on right now. And when I think back to the fact that my dad was, you know, raising me by himself for uh, quite a long time, doing the work, going to AA meetings to maintain that new practice for himself, I have a lot of respect for my father and my mother. So, um, the story is every day when my dad would come home from work, uh, it was never safe to approach my dad. Really. If I, if it was singing or whistling, I knew I could go out and, and, and say hi to him. If not, I'd have to peek through the curtain. And if I could see things going flying or slamming doors, bangs, that's why when anything bangs doors when people bang doors or slam anything now for me, it's very triggering and it scares me. I go back into that survival mode. Um, and I've realized as an adult that that way of living, I was in survival mode for most of my childhood because my dad didn't have any other tools but rage. Had a bad day, rage. Um, needed to vent, he could never talk. It was always yelling and screaming. Um, was I the emotional punching bag? Absolutely. I copped everything. It was always my fault. My dad was uh, the oldest of three, so he was an overfunctioner. Um, and I adapted that behavior too. So when you're an over, over functioning child or over functioning adult, you are very quick to advise others to rescue, to save, to get other people, get into other people's business rather than look inside. When you're an under functioner, 
Um, you're less competent under stress and you invite people to take over. And on top of that, they, they, they tend to become the focus of more stress and more anxiety. So I kind of went in and out of, of those two things. And over the last couple of weeks, what I've noticed is that this rage that comes out of me and this fear is it's, it's a lifelong practice because I don't think I realized and understood the extent of how I, how that behavior jumps in so quickly to take over. And it's quite shocking in a sense. Um, just a side note, jump over to my Bold and Brave podcast to hear the rest of this episode as it will be cutting out in approximately one minute and 30 seconds, but I will continue on the Bold and Brave podcast. So if you'd like to continue listening to the show and this episode, jump across because I will be discussing more of Brene Brown and a few tips that Brene Brown shares on how to how to bring calm in as a practice into your life, which is something that I'm learning today to practice calm over um, anxiety, over stress, over rage. Enjoy. So just to continue on, over the past couple of weeks, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, since I've, I've come off this medication where there's no bandaid anymore. Um, before I moved to Canada, I, I was on medications to help bandaid the anxiety, bandaid the rage, bandaid the fear, bandaid the panic. And as soon as I came off them, I actually came off all of my medications just before COVID hit. And it was really hard because, you know, you go through these waves of emotion and then this rage comes up and it's almost like there's absolutely no way of getting control of this fear, getting control of this anxiety, getting control of these emotions. And, you know, dealing with COVID on top of that and then being in an environment where you're not the only person that suffers from anxiety or anxious behavior, it anxiety is, it's contagious. So when you're in an environment surrounded by other people that have anxiety, it, it triggers your own anxiety. And that's something that's been coming up for me massively in my household. Now, for myself... I am the only person that can take responsibility for my life. It's not about pointing the finger or saying, well, I'm anxious because you're this or I'm this because you're that or because you did this, now that's triggered me in this. My behavior is my responsibility. How I respond to others is my responsibility. It's not on any, anybody else. And if anything, I'm grateful for the experience because it's helped me show myself. It's, it's shown a mirror to myself of the things that – I have yet to work through and develop coping strategies and gain new tools so that I 
don't get affected by other people's behavior or anxiety or triggers or state of being or emotional states or whatever it is. Because I was always in survival mode as a kid and I had to be very aware of and and channel and I, I guess that's something that's one of the reasons why I'm very good at feeling other people because I had to feel my way through as a child to to in you know which went hand in hand with survival mode it's like okay feel the room feel the person feel what's going on and then act accordingly go into a survival mode do you hide do you have to defend yourself or is it easier just to escape and run away so I'm grateful for the experiences because it's showing me, okay, there's still a lot of work here that needs to be done. And one thing that Brene Brown mentions in her podcast episode, um, which is anxiety, calm, over and under functioning, which I will go through, is how to become aware and conscious of those pattern ways of behaving. And it's it's you know, it's something that my husband has recently said to me, you know, he's, he's in full support. He's always there to me, uh, there for me. However, he's made a few really valid points. And that is when you get triggered, hope you lash out and you lash out at me. And when I heard that, it broke my heart because that is the one thing that my father did to me as a child and I always promised myself that I would never lash out at another person when it had nothing to do with them. Just lashing out in general is just not a way that I, one, wish to communicate, solve problems or just live in that space in general. It's just, it's yucky energy and I always promised myself I wouldn't do it. And it was hard to be, to listen, to sit and listen to my husband say that to me because at first, I it, it felt it fell on deaf ears. You know, I'd say you're not listening to me, and I'd say I am listening to you. And he's like, yeah, but you're arguing back, you're yelling back, and I think yeah, because you're wrong. But then when I'm when I you know, obviously the conversation it, it it was going around in circles and it didn't really go anywhere. And then he said, listen, let's pick this up later because I just need some space at the moment, and um, I think you should go and just have a think yourself about what what's actually going on here. And I went away and that was really hard to do and sit with myself. And, you know, first I wanted to shame myself and then guilt myself. And then I was feeling really down about myself. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. They had, I had moments where I went back to being a child where I'd start hitting my head really hard and, you know, being really disappointed in myself. And then when I sat there and I thought about it, I was like, Hope, all you have to do is take responsibility Responsibility doesn't mean shaming and guilting yourself. It means taking action. It means finding a solution. It means looking at the problem and making a decision about which way you want to deal with this. Which way is going to serve you? Which way is not going to serve you? And something that Brene Brown talks about on this podcast episode, Anxiety, Calm, Over and Over, Over and Under Functioning, is that when we are an overfunctioner, we we are very quick to advise, to take over, to rescue, uh, to get into other people's business rather than look inside. And when we're an underfunctioner, we're less competent under stress, and then we invite people to take over. And on top of that, they become the focus of more stress and more anxiety. So my father was the oldest of three, 
And although I was the only child, it it got passed down to me. So I'm very much an overfunctioner, but I'm also an underfunctioner as well. I, I sit somewhere in 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 the middle. Um, so one thing that really stuck out for me is when Brené Brown said, "You know, calm is a practice." It's the same as authenticity. There's no you're an authentic person and you're not an authentic person. It's purely a practice. You practice calm and you practice being authentic. You practice authenticity. So there's three three things, three different things that Brene practices and questions that she asks herself when she can feel that overwhelming emotional state trying to creep in and take over. And the first thing is whenever anxiety comes up or anger or rage, whenever it tries to present itself, the first thing she asks herself is, number one, try to be slow to respond and quick to think. Do I have all the information I need to make a decision or form a response? Because a quick and anxious response is mostly due to the lack of data, which is something that Brené uses a lot, the word data. She studies the, da- the data. And it's a lack of how to emotionally respond. The second thing is stay mindful about the effect that calm has in anxious situations. So that to me was very foreign when I heard it for the first time because I thought, Stay calm in anxious situations. How does one do that? And the interesting thing is, is that a panicked response produces more panic and more fear. And that is a cycle that I lived in for years. It was like my first go-to was um, survival mode. So if I'm panicked, if if I'm fearful, if I'm scared, I get angry. And then I get more panicked and then more fearful and then more angry. So it's a vicious, it's a vicious cycle. And as um, Harriet Lerner says, anxiety is extremely contagious, but so is calm. And that hit home because I thought, what if, what if I tried to respond in a calmly manner to myself on the inside before it even got to some to a space where I vocalized it? What if I could just try and respond in a calm manner? Because even if my body, even if I'm in, a, in an environment with other people and I can sort of mask that fear or that anger, it's still happening inside of me. So my body and my nervous system is still experiencing fear and it's still experiencing anger. And then what happens is that I hide it from whoever's in front of me, unless I feel totally safe, um, you know, unless it's my partner or, you know, my, my bestest friend or my mum or my dad, nobody else sees that rage. Nobody else sees that fear or that anger, but I do feel it. So it's still happening. It's just, it's silent. It's silent, which to a degree I think is kind of worse it's kind of worse. Well, it's maybe not worse, but it's just as it's just as harmful. It's just as just as damaging. And the third one is do I have enough data to freak out? And will freaking out help even if I have enough data? Now, when I asked myself that question, you know, Brené's Brown Brené Brown's answer to that question straight away was no. The answer is always no. 
because freaking out, it never solves the problem. It's not a solution. It's a coping mechanism. It's just fear. It's, it's survival mode. And that is something that I've struggled for so many years to get my head around because my ego wanted to tell me that to yell and to scream was power. If you raise your voice, you're powerful than the other person. If you, if you get angry, you're, you're making a standpoint. So it's not going to happen again. Survival mode coping mechanisms, learnt behaviour. These were all the ways that my dad dealt with his life, any situation that came up. It was always choosing calm was never an option. That was way too challenging for my father to, to do. Breathing, again, coming back to my breathing practices that I've started doing with Steve Rewright, it's it's not just about sitting in the morning and breathing with someone on an IGTV video. It's learning how to take these new, these new ways into my life so that when that rage wants to come up, I can come back to my breath. When that survival mode wants to present itself in my ego, I can come back to my breath and remind myself that I am safe, that I don't need to get angry, that rage isn't actually the answer and that calm is a practice that I can give myself every time I choose to. So that's my episode today on the Bold and Brave podcast, sharing with you that calm is a practice, just the way that authenticity is a practice. And these are the things that I am learning every single day. And the more that I dive into this work, the more that I discover, and sometimes the more difficult it is to see. Taking responsibility for yourself is difficult at times. It's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to do. Full, full responsibility, where you cannot and no longer point the finger at anything or anyone else. It's up to you to make that choice. Do you want to live in your anxiety, in your rage, in your fear, or do you want to try and practice calm responses, practice authenticity? And I choose to practice calm, and I choose to practice authenticity. Thank you so much for listening and joining me on my podcast episode today. I would love to hear your your thoughts on this episode. Feel free to comment or send me a message. Give me a call. I'm always here to chat and I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care during these times and I'm sending you lots, lots of love. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being bold. Thank you for being brave and thank you for being you. Bye for now. <laughs>